everyone. Um, I'm glad to be back. Glad to see all of you, um, everybody who's tuned into this podcast. It's none other than your host, Lyric Swinton um, from Mint Mentality. Um, this is a Black Bridges podcast. Um, most of you, if you have been late with this podcast, you follow the Black Bridges Network most likely. And if you don't, you need to follow it at Black Bridges and follow me on social media at Lyric Swinton. Um, it's been a while. Um, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about that before getting into today's topic. This isn't going to be a particularly long episode, but it's definitely one that I've been inspired to do specifically today. Um, and that's really important to me. And so uh, most recently, I have honestly lacked a lot of inspiration as it relates to, you know, this podcast. I've been enjoying on the, you know, the Black Bridges side Um producing the other, you know, content that we've been coming up with. You'll see an episode coming out really, really soon um, as far as, you know, announcing the winners of the Black um, SC Olympics that um, we partnered with Weight of the Eight with. That was a lot of fun. We've been doing a really, um, some really great in intentional conversations on Clubhouse, in addition to the great content that's coming up with Seeing Green, as well as after the Whistle with Dolores podcast is absolutely taken off. I have a blast producing that show about women's basketball um, and just amplifying and uplifting women's sports. But specifically as it relates to this podcast, I think I've been lacking inspiration simply because I've been going through a weird, difficult time of just like, you know, um, it's really hard to one, talk about myself right now and also to just talk about, you know, just anything that has to do with just focusing on me or my thoughts and uh, things like that. And honestly, it's because of mental health. Um, been having a rough go of it lately. Um, I've always struggled with it, struggled with it specifically over the past decade or so, but this, the last year, you know, since pandemic, like for many of us, it's been really rough. And so, yeah, that's just been something that I've been battling with. Um, done a lot of traveling, done a lot of soul searching, um, have, you know, been doing a lot of trying to finally plan for my future, which is something that I procrastinate on um, quite a bit. Um, I have done that historically. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a rough time. And so I've really kind of, I don't want to say neglected this podcast because I've always, you know, it's always um, on my mind, but I think I just didn't know what to say. Um, and so one of my passions in life, um, getting into the topic of today, well, technically two topics, but merged together. One of the passions in my life is for most people who know me um, is sports. Um, I was a sport and entertainment management major um, while I was in college. And, uh, you know, spent a lot of time, you know, interning in that space. And I've always historically loved sports. My first um, sports passions were basketball and professional wrestling. I got into them the same year, um, 2006. And those are two things that I've been really, really back interested in lately. Like I've always been interested, but, you know, kind of, you know, as you get older and you have just so much to do, um, you don't have time to really fulfill your passions. But most recently, I've really been kind of getting back into those spaces. And it's actually been really good. Like, it's been really good, really helpful, um, really healthy um, for me, um, exploring sports, um, re, you know, reigniting that passion that I had. Because I'll be honest, I didn't even watch any of the Olympics this year, which is very unlike me. Um, I typically am all about sports, specifically the Olympics. And so I just couldn't even bring myself to turn on television. Part of it was for social justice reasons, because they were definitely wilding with the racism this year. But a lot of it, honestly, if I'm completely 100% transparent, was just because 
I just didn't have energy to watch TV. You know, it'd be, I'd spend days just staring at a ceiling and not can't even watch or anything or really focus on anything that, you know, I typically love. And so very recently, um, I have, you know, obviously it's just something about the trade deadline in basketball that always just gets my me in the right mood. Um, and, um, I also have been, you know, following, you know, what's been going on with women's basketball, especially exploring through producing the, you know, after the whistle podcast. And so that's a lot of fun. And um, I learned so much from it, learned so much from, you know, um, Dolores and all the guests that come on. But I also just learned a lot about the incredible women who are just killing it in the WNBA and I'm getting invested in their stories. And I think that they are amazing and also just continuing the legacy of amazing women's basketball that, you know, I know from going to University of South Carolina, our Gamecock women's basketball team, um, Dawn Staley and um, all those amazing women. And so I've been getting back into that, but I've also been getting back into professional wrestling. Um, This past weekend was quite a huge one. You had CM Punk coming back after seven years, which was, I mean, I think that was he left WWE. I was still in high school. And I mean, for him to return to, you know, professional wrestling, but specifically in AEW, All Elite Wrestling, which is basically Cody Rhodes' promotion. Um, for anybody who knows that, if you ever need a crash course in wrestling, just DM us. We will. I will make sure you understand all these things if you don't already. But to see him it was one of those like childhood nostalgic moments that I like really needed, like just to see that come full circle. Um, and even I'm graduated from college now, but I think that that was just something that I needed. And then, you know, SummerSlam, WWE show that weekend, um, pay-per-view, I've seen SummerSlam, you know, so many SummerSlams, but this one was, um, every match was not good. I will be honest, but the two matches that were good um, included, I mean, some of my favorite people. I mean, I see Edge, who's my one number one favorite wrestler, come back and like, you know, go against Seventh Rollins, who's another one of my faves. I mean, Edge came out to the brood entrance. If you weren't around in the early two, if you weren't around in the 2000s, you have no idea what the brood is. Um, but that was like how, basically how he originated in wrestling. That was, his, you know, one of his first gimmicks. Um, so gimmicks is basically kind of like the personality that you take on for your character, you know, in a given moment in time, just, you know, some brief ref, wrestling knowledge. Um, but I, it, it, I, we call it as wrestling fans, we call it marking out, like when you just, you know, you just have like the biggest, baddest reaction um, to what's going on on the screen, um, whether it's positive or negative, because that means that they're doing their job. So even if you're booing, that means that they're getting a reaction. Or even if like, you know, you're cheering, that still means you're, you know, having a reaction to the product. And so I just, that was amazing. And then the main event Oh my gosh, you know, you have John Cena, who is this, you know, basically has been the cornerstone of the franchise for years. Um, but he is now more so on a part-time schedule. So he doesn't wrestle those frequently because, you know, he's pursuing and killing it in Hollywood. Um, but he was one of my childhood favorites. Um, and I just, I mean, seeing him wrestle, even though he lost the match, 
um, against Roman Reigns. I mean, seeing Roman Reigns' growth. Now it's a heel. So heel means bad guy and the face means good guy. So John Cena was the face. Roman Reigns was the heel in this match. It was just, it was just good. It just felt good. Um, it just felt good to, you know, watch something that felt like home. It just felt simple. Um, and just reminded me of just, you know, just pure happiness and joy um, because that's what wrestling always did for me. It was always my escape. Um, it just sports in general is it something, it was a unifier. Um, it's a way to, you know, connect with people that you may not know or typically may not have anything in common with, but it's just that special. And I mean, even like later in the match, I mean, you have Brock Lesnar return who, was, I mean, WWE powerhouse, but for people who aren't interested in professional wrestling, he was also uh, MMA powerhouse um, in UFC, ended up being a champion there. Like, and now he has a ponytail and now they're going to, him and Roman Reigns are going to fight over Paul Heyman, which is basically, you know, who's been both of their manager. It's a whole thing. Like I, I've been in this game for like, what? Um, I've been a wrestling fan for almost 15. Yeah. 15 years this year. So yeah, that was really special. Um, and I mean, today specifically um, is 8:24, which means it's Mama Day. Uh, and as you can see, I have on my I feel like Kobe T-shirt, uh, my Mama Day T-shirt actually. Um, and I just woke up this morning and I was like, you know what? Like we talk about specifically me talk. When I say we, I mean me talking to myself. Um, <laughs> we talk about. Uh, all the time, mamba mentality, mamba mentality. Um, that's been a huge part of, you know, who I am. Um, specifically over the past, I would say seven, six years, six, seven years, um, something that I've really lived by. Like I've really lived by it. And I mean, just how Kobe thinks, how aggressive he was as far as going after his goals. I really kind of epitomized that, um, specifically in college, no matter what I was doing, whether it was chasing a goal opportunity, my entire run for student body president back in college, um, that I would constantly say, mama mentality, mama mentality, mama mentality. Um, and earlier today I was reflecting and I was listening to um, a an episode from our former, my former podcast, which is the Patchwork Feminist. If you don't listen to it, you should. It's currently hosted by Kayla King, who's been on this show too. She's amazing. Um, but it was, we recorded an episode called 824. In January of 2020, um, with my good friend Jackson Gates, and we talked about, you know, childhood heroes, and you know, reflected on Kobe's legacy, and talked about like how even me, we became friends, you know, bonding over Mama mentality. And I think that this episode specifically um, of Met mentality is what I wanted to get across: is what happens on the days that you don't feel like you know you have the Mama mentality. Um, what I've noticed about myself um, specifically is that I am typically a person who is known as being a go-getter, uh, uh, known as a person who is aggressive um, about getting to my goals, um, accomplishing things, and um, in so many different you know arenas. I've technically been to the mountaintop, like I've done so many different things, um, and I've accomplished a lot. But most recently, I've been experiencing a severe level of burnout, like 
things that I used to, you know, do, things that I used to be in rotation for, like constantly, okay, focusing on working out, focusing on reading and writing and, you know, just staying dedicated. It's like things that I no longer have the energy for, whether that's from being depressed or constantly anxious or just honestly overloaded um, with the, the pressures of adulthood and working and things like that. And as I reflected um, today, on Kobe's legacy and how, you know, I try to epitomize like mama mentality. Um, I've been working on trying to figure out like, where does that begin and end? Like, is there space in that mama mentality of being that person who is aggressive and assertive when it comes to, you know, chasing your goals? Is there space for rest? Is there space for, you know, being okay with not doing everything sometimes for the sake of, you know, if this is what I need to hold on to a little bit of sanity I have left, then that's what I'm going to do. Um, and I think for specifically for ambitious people um, and people who are go-getters like myself, that's very hard to admit. That's It's very hard to admit um, and create space for, honestly, what we probably feel like is failure. Um, it's very hard to find the, a, it's hard to find that intersection between mental health and mob mentality. And because both of these things are crucial to who I am, but, you know, I feel like when one is failing, the other one can't succeed truly. Um, and I are even, are honestly that in reverse. I feel like when one is failing, the other might increase. Like, you know, I feel like, you know, when I am practicing self-care, when I am, you know, withdrawing to, from people and, you know, things and lowering my obligations and, you know, trying to take more time to myself, I don't feel like I'm being persistent. I don't feel like I'm being a go-getter. I feel like I'm being weak. Um, I feel like I am just not doing enough. I feel like I'm not being enough. But on the other hand, when I am, you know, going after and dream chasing and doing all of these things and accomplishing my goals back to back to back to back to back to back and being, you know, just basically exemplifying, you know, the version of my mentality that, you know, I got, I, I notice that my mental health feels, I feel overloaded. Um, I feel like the world could crush me at any moment. Um, but I just keep going because I don't know how to stop. And so it's been very hard to try to figure out what is that intersection. And, um, I'm really glad that, you know, today, um, recording this episode because just wanted to share a few things that I've learned. And so specifically, um, I will say over the last week or so, I've really, um, began to cherish the like the, the importance of writing things down um and by writing things down i mean like goal setting and also ranking things like what is what's most important and what are the things that are kind of important and what are the things that are oh, i'll live you know this doesn't have to happen and you know, I know for a fact that if I don't do thing number one, I will feel like a complete failure. Um, if I don't do thing number two, you know, 
I'd rather do it, but you know, I can live without that. And, you know, realizing that, you know, thing number three, probably this wasn't as important as I first thought. And I think when, by prioritizing things and ranking things, um, that's actually really helped me as far as realizing what's really important. Like, am I doing this thing because I want to do it? Or am I doing this thing because I think people expect it out of that out of me, um, particularly both in my last two years of college and post-college. That's something that comes up with me a lot about constantly being, ex things are expected out of me of what people want to see from me um, or what I think people want to see from me, uh, which causes me to adjust myself based on the expectations of others. Um, and so recently, one thing that I've been trying to commit to is that, you know what, I have a list of goals, but there's only like one or two that are must. The other things that they happen, they have, they happen. Um, and I realize like when I'm really committed to something, I just move. Like I just move immediately. Like I don't ask anybody for advice. I don't ask any questions. Um, I just move. Like I do something. Like most recently, um, I went on a trip to DC and I came back and I was like, you know what? I finally figure out what I want to do. I that involves me going to grad school. Um, I'll probably talk more later about, you know, exactly what I want to go into in that space. Really excited to start sharing and hopefully to get accepted to some great schools. Um, they're not all in DC either. Um, but I just moved. Like I didn't ask anybody for advice. I didn't really ask anybody what they think about this. I went on the website as soon as I got paid, paid that abysmal and overcharged fee to go take GRE. I ordered, you know, my GRE prep book. I went ahead and started making my list of schools, deadlines and things like that, because, you know, I can't accept failure on that. Um, I, you know, the saying is, um, Lord, give me the serenity to change, uh, to accept the things I can't change um, in the something. And I don't know, something to change the things I can't accept. I feel like a terrible Christian for not knowing that, but whatever. Um, but that's really how I feel. Like there's some things like I'm so passionate about this next chapter, so passionate about this dream. And I realize like I cannot accept like not giving this my all. So I'm going to be completely aggressive about it. I'm going to be like, you know, completely locked in, scheduled, like all that. Like I'm going to completely lock in. But there's some other things in my life. Um, and also I am about this, like about Black Bridges as a whole of like, you know what, like I can't slow down, like content has to keep going. Like even when I don't feel like it, like, you know, like I have a, for the last couple of weeks, just constantly, you know, been in my feelings, like not been feeling well, but I'm just like, you know what, the show must go on. We're going to record an episode. You might not have a guest lined up or anything um, because you haven't been, you know, feeling like yourself lately, but you're going to just talk talk about, you know, what you've been going through and not just because other people need to hear it, but because you just need to keep moving and you can be honest about, you know, what's been going on, but you just got to do something. And so like, I've realized that like, those two things are two things like are just non-negotiables for me. Like those are the things like I just have to go hard on. But also when it comes to like so many other things that I've been carrying, um, my problems, other people's problems, like, you know, just um, both internal, external, like all these different issues, like I've been carrying, 
I realized like some of these things, you know what, I can live without. So that's really been helping me um, because I really think that um, one thing that I have learned from Kobe is that, you know, everything does not require mamba mentality. Um, but for your craft, your passion, absolutely. But you can't give everything, everything. Um, everything does not deserve, you know, 100%. But anything that you are truly passionate about, the things that you're in love with, for him, it was basketball. Um, he was in love with basketball and he always gave it 110%. Um, and not just as a player, but, you know, in supporting his daughter and uplifting women's basketball, being truly a student of the game, um, just loving it um, and being in love with it and being committed to it and being passionate about it. And I think that today as I reflect on mama mentality, when I woke up this morning, that was the first thing I thought about. Um, I worked out this morning, finally got the energy to work out this morning for the first time. And I'm not going to say how long, but and I showered and I forgot I had the shirt. I went to put it on. And I really, every time, like I've gotten discouraged today, every time that um, I've gotten to, you know, just down on myself, I look down and I look at this as a reminder to keep going, to go hard on the things that deserve for me to go hard for and to let some things go that, you know, don't, deserve as much of my time and my energy that I often give things um, because I think that there's a balance between mental health and mama mentality. And um, of course, um, me being 23 years old and very much still in that weird space between being like, you know, um, uh, immature, well, I wasn't that immature, but immature college student versus now behind the, being a, you know, full-fledged adult. Um, it's kind of hard to, you know, be, well, actually nobody has it all figured out. Nobody has all figured out, but specifically being young, it's even harder to have most of it figured out. And so I have to remind myself to give myself and others grace um, in this time. And so I am that I am really happy to share this message. And this was you know, my two cents for today. And like I said, it wasn't going to be a long episode, but this is just what I've learned about, you know, the intersection between um, mental health and mob mentality. And so said all that to say, yeah, really happy to be here. Um, really happy to be back on the air. Really happy to um, plan out the rest of this season because um, I have a lot of goals um, written down really excited. And I promise to continue to remain transparent, you know, like, you know, I do a lot and I don't always feel great. I don't always feel happy about it. I don't always feel, you know, like a lot of times when I post things, I'm like, oh, I could have done this so much better. Um, but I promise to continue to just be transparent about that and work through it and um, continue to present myself as the work in progress that I still am. Um, and I am thankful for all the support that everyone has given me and given Black Bridges. And I'm so excited to continue um, all of the great things that we're doing. And yeah, just stay on the lookout for everything that we have coming soon. Um, Kobe, um, we love you. We miss you. Um, thank you. Just thank you for everything. I mean, I never got to meet him, but I just think about how just his genuine spirit and passion has just shaped 
so much of me and my passion for not just sports, but just for for all of the things that I've ever been passionate about, whether it was, you know, when I was a semi-professional musician for a long time or when I was a writer or when I was, you know, whenever I do public speaking engagements and even now um, in, you know, the social justice space, everything that I approach, I approach it from the, you know, from that vein of mama mentality and it's all because of him. And so thank you, Kobe. Um, and happy mama day, everybody. But like I said earlier, if you want to keep up with Black Bridges, and I know you do, follow at BLK Bridges on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow me at Lyric Swinton. Um, and that's just my first and last name on Instagram and Twitter. And so we'll be hearing from you soon. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Thank you.